Hello and welcome to today's episode of Build Value by Choice. I'm your host, Anna Bonsu. I'm the president and CEO of Infinite Horizons Incorporated. Our website is www.infhorizons.com. This show's podcast, if you want to say it, you can do a four slash podcast. The show typically focuses on uh, business owners, uh, typically small business owners, uh, and their journey to their destination of being free and financially independent. Along the journey, there are different services that they need. They need legal services, they need accounting services, they need bookkeeping services and whatnot. So every week we pick one of those areas to discuss. And this week, our focus is going to be on bookkeeping. And I have with me today, a distinguished guest on bookkeeping, Amber Peoples. And uh, before I bring Amber on, I just want to take a minute to, to read her bio. Uh, Amber has an extensive background in accounting and finance and human resources. Uh, she works with businesses to ensure that they have reliable financial statements and solid employee relations. She has a bachelor's in accounting and an MBA from Regis University, and she's mar- married with three children. A little bit more about her is that she actually took accounting course in high school and it came naturally to her. So unlike some of us, she didn't fight nature. She just decided to keep working on accounting and CPA firms. And, but she was not happy, unfortunately, with the customer service um, approach in those um, companies because they, tend uh, they tended to use a cookie-cutter approach to put uh, clients in boxes. Um, so from her perspective, you need to be able to work with clients based on your needs. So that's why she kind of branched out. So we're happy to have her. Now she's the president of Atlas Services, and um, she's based out in, uh, in the Midwest. Welcome to the show, Amber. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think, I think we, you know, we just, you know, I, I just read out you know, how you started in, in accounting and bookkeeping, and you pretty much, you know, since high school, you just kind of found your groove. Uh, what are some of the things that you've done uh, that are relevant to listeners who are business owners who are looking uh, to beef up your bookkeeping services? Basically, I've been worked, you know, entry level all the way up. So I've seen um, everything. Um, we, I do like working with small businesses because the owners are involved. Um, they're not you know, outsourcing everything. They have their finger on the dial. Um, so really, it's just make sure you have that strong financial, the documentation more so than anything else. Make sure you have the backup, the support. Um Sales is sales, but you need to make sure you get those signed contracts just so you have that support to be able to send the invoices out, receipts. I know some people say you don't need receipts if they're under a certain dollar amount, but just making sure you have all of that information um, in case of audit is always vital. Um, And especially with the ever-changing background, um, with remote work, all of that, making sure your employees and your handbook are always up to date. Um, I've seen some some fails in those areas, which are never, but just having being able to help them bounce back and recover um, is always great. <laughs> okay. Um, now, um, you actually, your practice, um, you know, focuses on, you know, like seven and needs of professionals, like doctors and accountants, I mean, doctors and lawyers and whatnot. Um, can you tell us why you, you picked that niche? Yes. So service-based industries, um, doctor's offices, I 
tend to naturally go towards those areas. I right out of high school, I did medical billing. So I have a full understanding of that background, um, but really just service based. So architects, engineers, even construction, construction related, um, those can be highly underserviced areas, but um, it's well needed or they have a lot of those owners of those types of firms are doing everything themselves or they have you know, an office admin doing the invoicing or doing the bank reconciliation when that's not really their strong suit and it could have a lot of holes. So Right. And speaking of holes, I mean, that's one of the things. So when I, I speak of um, well, what we tip, if the horizons, my friend, what we do is we, we help businesses increase the value of their business so that when it comes time to transition, whether they want to sell or whether they want to pass it down to their children, you know, they have it at the maximum value. And one of the determinants of the financial performance of any firm is that they have a reliable um, you know, documentation for their finances. So I imagine like, you know, that includes uh, obviously bookkeeping. Um, so um, so how, does, um, how does your work, you know, ensure that their finances are stable, reliable, and predictable, because that is a key driver for uh, valuation of a business. We um, work very directly with the owners and management of all the companies to make sure that we're getting receipts for everything. So even if you go gas tank, we need a receipt for that just to make sure we have that backup for it, um, as well as just making sure there's contracts that they're signed. Um, there's a lot of construction landscaping companies out there that do contracts, they just don't always require them to be signed. And then it's really makes it hard for that collection purposes, which then can be revenue leakage very, very quickly and easily. Um, so really just making sure that they have that strong financial documentation, as mm -hmm. well as every month we do complete balance sheet review to make sure that the balance sheet is always reconciled every account, not just the bank account and the credit card accounts, but also any prepaid accruals um, or if they're cash basis, we make sure everything is coded or regardless, we make sure everything is coded correctly. Um, so that way, essentially their financial statements are ready to be sent to a banker, sent to a broker or for valuation at any point in time. And what is the frequency um, for the others, like profit and loss and, uh, and uh, cash flow? What, now, how frequently do you review that with the owners? Um, we prefer to review them monthly with the owners, but um, we do stress quarterly if we can't get them on the phone or on a call or in a in-person meeting, at least quarterly. So do you typically do uh, all three financial statements at the same time or do you do them at separate sessions? Um, we do them at the same time. In addition to those three reports, we also do um, a management summary that explains inwards as well as additional reports. So key performance indicators, um, comparable prior years, as well as if they have budget, we'll do budget versus actual um, and um, we have several clients that like graphs they can understand and visualize it much easier than reading the numbers. So we can do graphs and just basically we'd like to cater those management reports to the way that the owners understand the financials. Oh, okay. All right. And, um, and what about like, uh, you know, accounts payable and accounts receivable? Do you do those too? 
Um, we do. We work with um, a few different services to actually process payments. So typically, mm -hmm. like it's an online bill pay or something through a bank because those are pretty cost efficient. Um, mm -hmm. All bills are paid working with the ownership to ensure that their cash flow is always monitored. So we don't want to be paying bills and draft accounts, right. um, as well as receivables. Um, I have full staff on my team so we can do um, collection work as well as um, I'm a notary. So we can do liens if we absolutely have to, which we, of course, everybody tries to avoid. It's much easier to get that money in house than Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things, so, I mean, we talk about you able to save these service professionals you know, time. Um, mm -hmm. What about the fact that you're able to save them from having to employ backroom staff? Yes. Um, yes. We can function as a fully outsourced accounting and um, finance department. No everything from the day to day bookkeeping, including those financial reports, as well as help being um, developed the budgets and forecasting cash management. Um, I have people on my staff from a clerk level all the way to CFO. So we have everybody of every different level. Um, our clients do have an assigned contact, but we all work together as a team to mm -hmm. ensure that everything is taken care of and handled. Um, rates are flat. So if it's hourly or monthly, it doesn't that CFO's time is going to cost the same amount as that clerk. So you get the best use of everybody and their knowledge versus having to worry about who's doing what. Um, yes. So do you, do you find that because one of the things, because there was a, you know, there was, uh, there was a case study by Root, I think Root, uh, accounting services, like, you know, your model seems like it's very, it's a very scalable model, mm -hmm. right? Because yes. Yeah, it's bundled, and because of it's bundled, it's actually very valuable to your service clients, and at the same time, it's very teachable to uh, new employees. Mm -hmm. right? Yes. So you're able to you know, onboard people faster, and uh, and so if if you were to get like five times your current demand, you can uh, uh, help onboard people on faster to get up to speed. Exactly. Yes, that's our goal. Um, we have systems already put in place because we are a small business as well. Um, there's a total of six staff right now, so we're still small, but we've already put those processes and procedures in place. We have a client portal um, that communicates with clients that can securely send and documentation so we don't have to send sensitive information over email, um, as well as task tracking. A lot of we've basically set up our services so that way we're set up as a large firm, but we still are small. So we can have that and never lose that personal connection with our clients. Um, we always, when we get set up with a new client, if we are their fully outsourced um, accounting and finance department, we act as if we're one of their team members. We are an honorary member of their team. Um, we get set up on our clients' email domains. So we have direct email through their um, domains. So that way, when we're interacting with their vendors, with their clients, and even with their employees, nobody knows that we're outsourced. It's nobody's business except for that, our client's business that we're outsourced. Got you. Got you. Because it's like white labeled. Exactly. Um, yes. It's white labeled as our client's internal department. <laughs> right. 
how does um, your bookkeeping services you know, help clients with like, you know, credit issues and tax bills, unexpected tax bills and whatnot? Um, so we do um, everything for bookkeeping side of everything. So payroll taxes will help. We do sales tax. The only taxes that we don't handle directly are annual filings that are done with CPA. The reason we have that separation is because we strongly believe that you need to have two independent sets of eyes on financial statements at all times. So we'll do the monthly, we'll do the, we work with the CPAs to file the annual taxes. Mm -hmm. We just don't actually hit that button to actually file it because we want that CPA to have that separate as to look at it. Um, But we do work with the CPAs if they do receive an annual tax notice. We will help that and work with them to make sure our we typically our hourly rates are much cheaper than a CPA. Mm-hmm. So we'll make sure we do the research behind the scenes and everything to get our clients on the right paths. But we will we do handle from beginning to end any notices regarding sales tax or payroll taxes. And you also help them with the you know SOX compliance, like separation of duties and things of that sort. Exactly. Yes. So if they do have an internal staff um, and they want to have that separation, the segregation of duties, um, for example, the person in-house is writing the the bill payment checks, they're depositing the payment or the incoming payments. You don't necessarily want them also doing the bank reconciliation because it's easy to hide things. And if you're doing every piece of it, so we'll come in and do that reconciliation to have that separation. So that way we can make sure that all the money that they said is deposited has been any checks that were written, were written to actually there's invoices to go along with those payments. So it's fully, it's reviewed every single month to ensure that everybody's accurate and doing the best job that they can. Okay. So I'm going to ask you about a couple of scenarios. So where bookkeeping uh, may come into play, like, you know, whether or not, you know, the client is, has to decide whether they need to buy or lease a property. Mm-hmm. How does uh, bookkeeping come into play and how? Um, I mean, do you, have you, have you had a scenario where your clients have had to deal with that or not, not so far? Um, yes. So really when we've come into play, so is once they've decided that, yes, they want to do the bookkeep or they want to buy that building, we'll help them before the, the decision of looking at their budget to make sure it's affordable with what they're anticipating the next year to five years occurring. So we'll help them do that forecasting and that review, as well as making sure that the financial statements are ready and prepared and um, timely. So that way, when it's time to give those to the bank, that they're ready to go. Um, we've also worked with bankers when they've had questions and such on those financial statements or the future forecasts. We can help answer those questions. So that way the owners, they always know what's going on, but then that second voice to help back them up. Okay. And what about um, you know situations where they need to decide if they need to hire a new employee or not if they, if they, if they can? Mm-hmm. We um, do look at efficiency rates, so we can look to see if they're tracking their hours, how many billable hours do they have, how many clients do they have to be able to track you know, um, any, and then take into account the sales pipeline. Is there big projects coming along or anything? 
to see, okay, well, this project should be done by then. So we can move this person to that project or reallocating of staff. Or once you get to this level, this many contracts signed, this amount of revenue, this is when you need to be hiring additional people. Okay. What is the equivalent of inventory in in the service, you know, in the service industry? Like how much inventory? I assume it needs to be like people you have on the bench or something. But you know, how, how does that you know come into play if at all? Um, typically, there's not in the service industry. There's not too much in regards to inventory. Um, it depends on what service it is. Like with some doctors' offices, they will carry some products or some materials on hand. Same with construction, but it's typically material items. It's not people resources. Um, and, uh, so like if, if they need to make a purchasing decision, um, do they come to you or how, you know, cause, and I imagine, you know, it's part of your value add based on some of the other things that you, you mentioned, how do you help them? Um, or how do you make sure that they, you know, they, you're top of mind when, you know, before they go and make a you know, purchasing decision that they come to you or, or at least, you know, your team, uh, mm-hmm. to help them, uh, make the right decision as far as purchasing. Yeah. So um, if we, you know, a client is thinking of buying a new truck or opening a second location, um, we typically do try to talk to them quite often about, you know, those things that are coming up in the future so Mm -hmm. we can stay ahead of it, start having those conversations months in advance. But we want to review basically the return of investment on making that additional purchase. So for a landscaper, if they're going to buy an additional truck, are they replacing one or are they going to add another groups? If that there's a different situations, if it's um, a company that wants to expand their, expand their footprint and open a second, third, seventh location, we want to make sure that we have the funds in order to maintain it while that location is getting um, prop becoming profitable because it's not instant where they're going to be making the money overnight. So we want to make sure that the other locations can maintain and sustain them through it, as well as all of the initial costs that come about deposits on rent, utilities, all of that are, can be very costly. So we want to make sure we have that, that cash or the funding source for a loan already secured and discussed prior. Okay. What is the number one misconception um, that business owners tend to have you know, when it comes to bookkeeping? Um, I've seen a lot where that they really don't stress any true importance on the full cycle bookkeeping, where they're Mm -hmm. more so worried about making sure their clients are invoiced and their clients are paid, that their vendors are paid and their employees are paid. But other than that, they're not taking a look at anything else on a very regular basis. So um, in addition to making sure everybody's paid, which is vital, number one, but then after that, you want to make sure your bank accounts, your credit card accounts, all of those are reconciled. You have all of your expenses coded. You have everything recorded properly. And then reviewing those financial statements to be able to make those financial decisions. Um, I've seen a lot of slip-ups in the past with small business owners just looking at their bank balance and making decisions based off of bank balance mm-hmm. when that doesn't show you the true picture. Um, your bank balance is just a snapshot in time. And that's as of what's happened essentially the day before, but it does not take into account any money in transit. So checks you have written, payments that are coming out in the next week or two, as well as any incoming money as well. So you need to make sure 
that we're monitoring that at all times. And that's usually the big concern is it's they're just looking at the bank account and that doesn't give them the full picture. So that's where the whole cash flow report comes to play. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I know a traditional cash flow statement is typically not understood um, Mm -hmm, by a lot of small business owners. It's not a very easy, honestly, it's not a very easy report to to comprehend. I've stayed late at night explaining it to supervisors and early on in my career. So making sure that you have that balance sheet, you have your profit and loss and your cash flow statement structured in a way that you want that the business owner understands it is the most is really the first step that we typically take. We take a look at the chart of accounts with our clients because that's what is how the financial statements are laid out. So we want to make sure that they're the chart of accounts is structured in a way that makes sense to not only the business owner, but the industry in itself that they work within. So how does this uh, typically, this you know, misunderstanding of, uh, of not looking at a cash flow report, but looking at the bank, the bank balance and thinking that you have more money to, to spend than they actually do, how does that typically you know, hurt business owners? Um, for example, if they have their rent on auto pay, so today is the 20th of the month, their rent payment might be coming out the, sec- the first or second of the month. They could easily overdraft their bank account if they look at the bank balance today and think, okay, I've got this much money. I can go out and buy a new copier, a new whatever the case may be, or just go give um, bonuses to staff and then rent comes out and you could easily overdraft your account without really realizing it. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you're in the Midwest, but are you able to um, service clients all over the country? And I, I mean, does location matter? Um, really. So really, the location only matters if we want to meet in person. But um, I do have staff in Colorado, Montana, and Arizona. Okay. So, But other than that, the financial statements, we do work remotely with all of our, even our Colorado-based clients. Um, if our clients are on, a lot of people are on web-based solutions, so Sage products, Zero, um, QuickBooks Online, where we can mm-hmm. just log in remotely that way. But also if they have a desktop version where we can get logged in through their uh, remote desktop connection through a VPN or something of that nature, we'll do that. Our goal is not to disrupt how they're currently operating. It's just to be able to access it and then enhance it and make improve the processes yeah now quickbooks is uh is the one that is i guess the most prevalent now zero is like yes. uh, an online xero is like an australian company mm-hmm. what is the footprint of that in the in north america um it's growing zero has mm-hmm. been growing quite a bit um i've okay. been seeing it more and more often okay <laughs> but yes quickbooks online is right now the dominant one in the u.s um, myself, I am actually a certified QuickBooks Online user and provider, and my staff is all working on getting their certifications as well. Okay, great. Well, you know, thank you so much for um, coming <laughs> and sharing, um, you know, your story and and just you know edifying us on uh, bookkeeping and how business owners um, uh, can get your information order, your information order, just to you know increase the value of your business, save themselves some mm-hmm. time, and save themselves you know, some money, and also help them in better decision making. Um, 
And, um, you know, given this kind of um, content that you provided, I imagine there may be some people who need to get in contact, may want to get in contact with you. And how can they do that? Um, That would be amazing. So um, uh, the best phone number to reach me at that they can call or even text is my direct office line of 720-577-4920. And then my email address is amber.peoples at atlasadminservices.com. And um, we're on all social media sites pretty much. So um, we can be found on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest to set up a few of the new ones. So um, we can be found on any of those under Atlas Admin Services. Okay. And we're going to have all that information in the show's notes. So, you know, people, uh, in case they are driving and they can, you know, write the notes, <laughs> we'll Perfect. have it in the show notes. So <laughs> wonderful. Well, thank you so much again. And I uh, look forward to speaking with you in the future. All right. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I all really right. appreciate it.